Well, that's exciting. We have such a fun guest here today. We needed some super special jazzy piano, Jake. Yeah, very jazzy. Very, it's very exciting. Very. <laughs> you sound so there's excited. There's a lot of movement I... to it, I guess. And then I'm sitting here, so it goes against my nature. Stop dancing. Our guest is in the house. You need to sit down. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll behave. Okay, so we're super excited today to have a dear friend, Katura Hall Mosley here. Jake, do you want to go ahead and do the honors? Yeah, we are super excited to have Katura joining us today. Um, so Katura is the head of talent development and learning at Seattle Children's Hospital. And she has a really incredibly impressive background in learning and talent talent development inside of healthcare and outside of healthcare, which I always think is really interesting to get those perspectives from different industries and figure out um, in many respects that we think we're so special in healthcare, but you know, we're really not. <laughs> we're just like everyone else. So like I said, currently at Seattle Children's, she also has experience at Banner Health and PetSmart and U.S. Airways, kind of a blast from the past there, the, the old U.S. Airways name, um, and has an, incredible, um, has, has an incredible background, like I said, in learning and organizational change. And she's actually working on her PhD right now. So we're really going to learn some stuff today. I'm super excited about it. Great to have you with us, Katura. Well, I am very excited to thank you for reaching out. Very excited to be here. And um, I listened to your first podcast that you did and I loved it. I was like, oh, I was getting intimidated. I'm like, I'm not that funny. <laughs> really excited to be here. Thanks for asking and look forward to the discussion. Yeah. So if you wouldn't mind, as we start off, just tell us and our listeners a little bit about your journey, your story, um, and kind of what you're working on right now. And uh, just give us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I came into this field um, a little over 20 years ago. And just the reason why when I was going through school and, and kind of working at the same time is Life Mission wanted to make a difference in the lives of people by bringing out their best. And I felt like this was a way in order to do that in a variety of different industries. And so um, I think today working in the field of healthcare, why healthcare stood out to me is first of all, family members. I have a sister that works in social work and another sister who's a nurse practitioner and um, just the stories that they would share with me um, and the ways in which they were trying to figure out their career and figure out how to navigate all the different changes. I was like, you know, it'd be really cool to be in this space. And so I joined Banner Health and I was really excited. And quite frankly, I felt like I had stepped back in time about 10 years. So it was a little bit of a shock to me joining <laughs> the healthcare industry. Um, but it has been a wonderful learning experience. Um, doing some, uh, doing a lot of work kind of around leadership, change management, and helping teams, specifically leaders in the healthcare space, um, really move items forward and, and kind of move forward and, and really be supportive as leaders. And so it's nice to be able to use experience from different, different places. Thank you for being here. The thing about healthcare is that change is slow. So... <laughs> I love how you talked about bringing out the best in people. I feel like change management is all the buzz nowadays, right? We hear about this everywhere. Not that I'm like, back in the day when I was growing up, like, not like that. But I do feel like there's a, just a difference in how often that kind of comes up in conversation and how we use that in making changes, transformational changes sometimes even small changes. Um, 
So why do you think that this has become a more recent topic of discussion in how we work? Yeah, I think there's a lot of changes going on. And I think um, it is definitely a buzzword. And I think that not we don't always know what we mean when we're saying we need change management, but we just know that there's a lot of it happening. Um, thinking about just this year in general, we didn't realize we were going to be in, co- we're all working from home or working differently with COVID or some of the um, racial disparities that are happening. We didn't really just know any of that was going to happen. So people are experiencing change um, quite rapidly. And the saying goes, I mean, it's a saying from a long time ago that the only constant is change. And I think uh, because so much change is happening so quickly, people are tired and just want to have kind of what's the study? What can I expect? And there's not, there's none of that. I think healthcare is being reinvented, whether it's a new system, whether it's a new way of thinking about how to address address things. I remember talking to a physician a couple of years ago and they said, somebody asked me how much a surgery costs. And I was like, I have no idea. (laughs) Like that wasn't even a thought in my mind. And that's just, I think, with governmental laws changing and whatnot, that is, that's more the norm. And, and I think it hits a lot of us by surprise in the healthcare space because a lot of things have kind of been okay status quo. And now the environment um, is requiring a change and how to navigate through that and whether that's personally or whether you're leading a team through it is um, why I think a lot of people are like, we need help. We need help with this because there is so much coming at us so quickly. Yeah, I really, I, I, I like the your comment there about how healthcare is being reinvented. You know, as a, a leader, you know, there's a lot of pressure, I feel like, from sort of top executives about, we need to get this done. We need to do this now. And we need, and, but at the same time, I think we all know that moving anybody through a big change, I, I mean, it takes time. What can you tell us about how to balance those two competing needs? And also, how do we accelerate change, I guess? I think really people are tuned into what's in it for me. So I think the big piece that sometimes is missed in change is, are we just changing for the sake of change? Or is there truly a benefit for me? And I think that goes for all of us. And when there is a ability to communicate, this is what's in it for me, even if it means more work initially, but in the long run, this is what it is, how it's going to help something then people's desire starts to get there and you can accelerate the change a little bit. This concept of what's in it for me, right? Like me, the employee versus the customer who's the patient, right? (laughs) And sometimes those are not the same. So I may be experiencing a significant change, but it's still the right thing to do from a customer perspective, if that makes sense. So how do we kind of bring people along with that? And I guess the question would be, is healthcare different because we're so people dependent compared to maybe some other industries that you've been involved in? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Because when I think about the industries I've been involved in, they're all service oriented industries, we wouldn't be here the airlines would not be here if it wasn't for service. PetSmart would not be here if customers didn't walk through the door. Banking, we wouldn't be there if people weren't coming in and setting up accounts. And I think healthcare is similar. Even if you work in a pretty highly critical space, if individuals do not understand why they might walk in the door or why they might choose you as the surgeon or the pediatrician or whatever it may be, then we wouldn't be here. And I think what has to be clear 
when we think about what's in it for me is going back to purpose of maybe why did I step into this role? Why did I step into this field? Why did I step into this industry? And being able to connect back to that. I think, um, for example, transparency and pricing, I think that's hard for people to wrap their minds around because what is in it for me? And I think what's in it for perhaps a physician, and that's a question everyone has to kind of answer on their own, but what might be in it for a physician is when the individual walks in the door, they're not thinking about how's, how much money do I need to have? How much is my insurance going to pay? Or what's the bill I'm going to get? But we can actually talk about how this particular surgery or how this particular procedure may help or why we might need to choose a different one. And so it kind of takes away some of that clutter that the mm-hmm. physician is maybe having to always work through in order to explain a particular procedure or a particular solution. And so that's where I think healthcare is similar in understanding, yes, what is the benefit to the end user, but then how can I connect to it for my purpose or the kind of what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. One of the things we've been talking about um, is just related to how do we make our systems better and how do we do kind of continuous improvement and bringing people along with change? It feels like in healthcare, and I know you and I have had this conversation before, right? Like we're constantly focused on optimizing like existing systems. Uh And I'm just wondering, like, do you think that the level of change management sometimes that's required is kind of a barrier sometimes to really drive true innovation? Like when we think about innovation as breakthrough change, because that's really what the healthcare system needs. And that feels far away (laughs) from Uh how we operate today, right? Um, So I don't know if you have any thoughts on like, is there a relationship there? I think it can, because I don't think everybody realizes what they're talking about when we say, I need change management. What (laughs) I think people are saying is, I need help. I need help. And, And the word that fits that help with everything that's coming is change management, where it really could be, I need more communication, or I need to understand why or I need you to say, it is okay, We let's not use our existing system, we need to rethink it all. And we need to do that quickly, because people are asking for us, or this is the, there's, there needs to be clarity on the problem that we're trying to solve, or people need to be reunited with, here's why we're doing what we're doing. This way that we're doing it is not working. And let's move forward. Um, I think it's interesting, because I've only worked also in four or not-for-profit healthcare systems. And not-for-profit is really very much mission-driven. And I think sometimes that um, creates a different lens and in some ways I think slows things down because um, we're so tied to the community. And not that it's a bad thing, it's very, um, it's it's great. But when you're working in a for-profit system, there's a lot of structures and um, things in place because you because your investors are are saying this is what needs to happen or this is what needs to change and is and they're really driving that change in the not for profit world it is very much what are my um those that are contributing to me what are they asking for and things can kind of move a little bit slower in the um not for profit healthcare space in my opinion i really appreciate the the comments there about um cuz i think i'm probably guilty of that probably any a lot of people that are leaders in healthcare are guilty of just saying, 
we need change management. We need to get a change management resource on this. And I, and I really like your, your comment there about, um, you know, that it's really part of the strategy, I guess, for lack of a better term, that is about, well, what's the problem we're trying to solve? And then what are the things that we need to do to get there? How do we plug that intentionally into the project on the front end when we're figuring out what the problem to solve is, is, is equally important. But, um, First of all, I guess, tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> and then second of all, um, sort of maybe in your in your research or just in your experience, you know, what have you seen that's really made it very successful? What I've seen is the ability, both in research and in experiences, there being a certain amount of trust with individuals and being able to either trust decisions that are being made or trust whether it's decisions that are being made at any level, communication, or when you're in a work group, being able to move those decisions forward. And then also being able to leverage the diversity of experience across different peers or different people that you're talking to. I think like I mentioned a bit earlier, healthcare sometimes can be siloed. And sometimes people can talk to work to look for different ideas within their own groups and not necessarily think about, oh, wow, this service line can actually help me figure out this particular problem. And then, and sometimes that happens for a variety of reasons. Sometimes people just don't know. And sometimes people don't trust that this particular service line is actually doing it right. And so I think that ability and and leaders have to step into that to say, have you talked to X, Y, Z individual to learn and to gather insight? And I feel like those tangible actions can help change actually move forward and can help it be sustainable and not always having to reinvent the will. William Bridges talks about managing transitions and just recognizing that there is always going to be a natural psychological process of what people go through around change. There's a human side of it. It impacts us somehow. There's some sort of loss of control, regardless of if it's a great change of I'm increasing my paycheck, right? Well, then, oh, do I need to pay more in taxes? You know, there's always going to be something that is out of my control. And so I think not ever underestimating, and it's not that you need to over-process or over-architect the communication and how much support is needed, but never underestimating the fact that there is going to be resistance to whatever change is proposed, and that is okay. It's normal. It's natural. And it's just part of the process. And to expect it, communicate, trust individuals, and be able to, to move forward through it. When, in particular, if you're kind of the operational owner of something that needs to change, and so obviously you're really passionate about getting it done and getting it implemented, it's really easy, and I, like I said, I know I'm guilty of this, it's really easy of throwing it over the fence to um, HR, because I think in a lot of respects, a change management organization, quote unquote, lives in HR in most okay. organizations. It's really easy to throw it over the fence and say, well, change man- this is change management's problem um, to help me change everybody's mind about what it is that I want to see done. Um, but I think that it's what I'm hearing is there's a need for more partnership, more integration, and as a leader to be the one that is blazing the trail, I guess, but also the one to help connect dots. Um, like I said, it's sort of well, I want to do this within my space because it's going to help me be more productive or we're going to, it's a service enhancement, whatever it is, but not going and understanding, well, how's that going to impact the rest of the organization? 
As an operational owner, it's different to be leading an initiative and getting passionate about the change and kind of helping drive the change and the change management behind it. But, you know, oftentimes leaders are taking in the change as well, right? So we think about really challenging times economically, probably for businesses all across the country, across the globe, right in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, leadership is in a position of having to make difficult decisions. And sometimes those decisions are impacting them too. What advice would you offer in terms of how can leaders manage that change on a personal level and sometimes in parallel with also leading their teams through change? I don't think we often kind of reflect on that. It's very much, here's the decision, here's the direction we need to go, now go own it, operators. And it's not always that easy because we're kind of processing the same things that all of our employees are. Yeah. Definitely. That's such a hard one. And I like the term, I like the analogy of, you know, when you're on an airplane, how they always give you the instruction of put your own oxygen mask on before you help someone else. And I think that is so underestimated in change. I think a lot of times people, there's a change happening. I'm a leader. I need to go help my team. Sometimes you just, you need to take a breath and you, you need to really understand what does this mean to me? How is it impacting me? And actually taking the breath helps so that you can think clearly and communicate that to your team and figure out how to remove barriers. So I think the biggest thing is take a breath. And I know it's there's not a lot of time. Sometimes we're getting information at the same time as my as as the team does. And so maybe having a minute to as you're hearing that change to like have a notebook ready and just say, here's how I'm <laughs> feeling about this right now. Because I know, as soon as we're done with this call, or even in the midst of the call, I'm going to get all of these pings and questions. And so just take a minute to how how is this impacting me? How am I feeling? I remember I got a notification at the same time as my employees about how my pay was going to be impacted. I was no longer going to get, you know, a certain type of compensation. And it was happening to me. It wasn't happening to my employees, but they felt they all heard it at the same time. And they were like, what are your thoughts? (laughs) You know, I need to process that. I think it's great. I think it's excellent. (laughs) I need a minute here. Um, (laughs) You know, and I think, I think as leaders, it is okay to be um, reasonably honest. I don't think we have to go around saying everything sucks. Life is horrible, you know, but we can say I'm working through this. This is hard for me. Um, I, I need some time to process this and I don't have that answer right now. It is okay to not be perfect. And it actually, in my studies, being human as a leader, um, and appropriately sharing information, you know, you don't want to share every single thing that's going on, but appropriately sharing information actually helps individuals see you as human and not the super powered individual that is just working through. Change is hard for all of us. Leadership is hard for all of us. And taking a breath and recognizing that I think speaks volumes and actually helps to accelerate and build trust within teams and move change faster. Switching gears a little bit, when we think about inequities, and I think like you mentioned as we started, we're just in this world where it's more and more evident that we have not done enough to kind of fight some of those um, injustices and inequities. So as we think about taking an initiative or some kind of a broad change and applying change management tools, does that ever kind of lead to the potential of creating inequitable policies and procedures, right? And how do you kind of mitigate for that risk while also balancing the fact that you need kind of an intentional approach to put in some kind of a process? 
Um, so how do you kind of think about that and what feedback or advice would you give people as we're thinking about how to really change systemically a lot of our policies and procedures? I think sometimes change management is seen as like the skill that you apply and here's the five things that you do and then everyone will get on board with the change. And I think what I've seen in research is that it is not just the skill that you apply when. I think when you realize that it's a mindset and a way of thinking, then it helps with the the piece around inequities. So sometimes when I communicate things, people may hear something different based on experiences, based on whatever the case may be. And I have to build some, and, and this may, this takes a little bit of time, especially in the front end, but it's helpful in the long term. I have to build something to allow feedback to come back to me to say, when you said this, um, here's what the impact was. I'll give you one example. We were in the process of moving from, you know, working in the office to virtual. And part of the decisions around some of our virtual space was to allow for more patient space. And I had communicated that and thought, oh, everyone (laughs) is on board because the whole reason that we're here is for patients and families. And when I got feedback from my team, they shared with me, well, it makes it seem like as the workforce, we don't matter. Like we're, we're pulling you out of the workforce because we need room for our patients and families. And I was like, you know, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to explain, and I had to dig in, of you are definitely important. And as a support services team, there are things that we can do and look at differently um, to allow more revenue and to allow more things for us to continue to help our workforce. And so I had to shift the way in which I was speaking. And so I think when you think about that change management is a mindset that involves communication, it involves making sure that I'm a support and make sure that I'm championing or sponsoring the message, um, and that I'm meeting my team where they need me to be. It helps with the policies and the, the inequities. Training is another piece. It's part of change. And we all just assume everybody will be trained and will be good to go. Well, people learn different ways. Not that I'm going, when I design a training plan, not that I have to think of everything, but I do need to allow for some feedback to come through to see, to hear, okay, I might be missing this. I might not have this. And what are some different ways that I might communicate? Okay, this is, if if you run into this problem, here's the escalation pathway to help us so we can address it. You talked earlier about connection back to purpose. Um, I think, you know, I appreciate you highlighting sort of that potential unintended consequence. And I guess the question that I have about that is, um, you know, what are the what are the skills, tools, et cetera, that people should focus on and put in their toolbox around um, around connection to purpose and around, I guess, defining what does the what does purpose look like given a specific change? Yeah, I think there's different levels of purpose. I think when you're thinking about change, there's the larger organizational purpose, um, and then there might be the team or department purpose. And then there's the personal purpose. And I think that goes back to, you know, it's okay to be human when you're communicating change. And as a leader, if you maybe had a harder time connecting to a particular change to kind of share your process. Um, I think equity, diversity, and inclusion, anti-racism work is a, a perfect example because we're all different parts in the conversation. And, you know, appropriately sharing the information, not necessarily saying this is the way you should think, but just here's here's how I've processed this. Um, And then having, I think, a tool that's helpful is giving people space to say, hey, what is, what are, how does this connect with your purpose? And people probably won't have the answer right away. 
but to give them time to think about it and come back. Leaders have been pretty creative when it comes to that. Some some leaders have been like, you know what, I have a jar and everyone who's committed to this, <laughs> stick your paper in the jar. And if you're not, hold on to it and we'll talk about it later, <laughs> you know. And so I think leaders have all different ways and to see what are people's desire, what, what's the desire, what's the in it for me, how connected are individuals to it. And so I think you you identify what works for your team. I think it's important to recognize that change will happen. And sometimes not everybody's bought into the what's in it for me. And that may come after the date that the change is implemented, that people then realize, oh, wow, this really is connected to my purpose. Or now I do see what's in it for me. I was about to ask something maybe similar around at what point um, do you transition? This is going to sound like a terrible question. (laughs) (laughs) Way to sell it. I know. (laughs) Okay, I'm prepared. That's horrible for you to come out, right? But I think this is the thing, right? It's obviously for any type of a change, you want people's input, you want people closest to the work, being able to really help design and taking people through that process of change management. There comes this point, I think, where regardless of how somebody feels or their input there is this moment in the sun where you kind of have to move forward, right? And it flips then into more of just what's the accountability and how do you move someone forward? Um, And that feels like a not nice thing to say, (laughs) I'll be honest. But there are moments where that whole change management journey can be really complicated because, you know, to to your point earlier, like the world is changing. And so sometimes you just don't have those choices, right? I'm constantly conflicted with this. So I appreciate like this therapy session right now. Yeah. <laughs> like what advice would you give? Let's just say someone had that problem. <laughs> you need to send her a bill. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no. Um, no, I think it's, it's a, uh, we're in, we're just, we're especially in that state. I mean, there wasn't, I had a situation a few years ago where I needed to, do a pretty massive layoff. Um, and um, there there was one day, um, everyone was working with all their friends. And the next day, half of their friends were gone, right? And I still needed work to get done. And, um, and people are managing through the guilt of being still being employed, the guilt of missing their friends and, and whatnot. And so I did allow, sometimes what's helpful is having the space to kind of talk about a venting session and maybe say the first 10 minutes, we're going to talk about how horrible or sucky this is. And then after that, I need you on board and we need to talk about how we're getting this project done. And so sometimes just having kind of those, those checkpoints in are helpful to help individuals move through. And again, this is really, it. I think as a leader, you can use some of the intuition to identify who's on board and who's not. Um, again, in the example of having to orchestrate a pretty large massive layoff um i was it's hard it's very hard about three months went forward and we were productive there were individuals that couldn't this was just not the place for them and so they made different decisions and and we worked through that and, and helped individuals and then i think there's other things where maybe less of things that are being that are done but it may be more of a joint decision that needs to take place and needs to happen and in my opinion, that's where you have to have that trust built in those meeting and decision structures to say, 
who's in the room making the decision. Um, let's talk about it here and let's make sure that we get it out. At the end of the day, we need to make this decision. And at the end of the day, when we leave this room, everyone needs to be on the same page. And I know it's a process to get there, but we have to be on the same page. Stating those expectations are part of change management from a change management or leadership perspective as well to help kind of move people forward in, in the change. So you mentioned you are doing your PhD. Would you mind sharing with us a little bit about what you're studying and kind of what you're learning in that process? Sure. Yep. So my PhD officially is in leadership and organizational change. So I decided to look at it from how do you create an environment of innovation from the employee's perspective and also validating it with leader interviews. And so um, what I so that's really what my dissertation is about. And um, what I've been learning through that process is that there's certain things that leaders need to come to the table with and there are certain things that employees need to come to the table with. And um, I've been able to see, you know, um, there's nine themes, which I can't remember all nine right now. But there's nine different themes that as I went through different interviews and, and looked at the trends, I was able to find. And some of them were leaders providing the autonomy for people to connect and learn and see what's happening and um, saying, you know, come to me with the ideas and providing a space. Leaders actually reaching out and asking for feedback from their team members to and and. and being able to encourage failing smartly. So it's not that you need to be perfect or have the perfect solution, but come with a solution. Let's try it. It may not work and we'll reiterate along the way. And then also diversity in people. So being connected to different individuals so you can either run your ideas by and hear different people kind of have perspectives around it or ask questions around it or just hear what are other individuals doing and by that being able to broaden your thinking. So those are a few different things. It's definitely a very interesting study. I have the whole thing written. It's going through all reviews right now. So I'm very nervous. Very exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So is there anything, Katura, that you feel like we want to make sure we cover some key points here? I think my biggest kind of change things that I talk, talk to leaders about is, you know, making sure to take care of yourself first. So that oxygen mask piece, acknowledge that, that it is human to process through things and it's okay. And to be clear on your expectations as well. So how are we moving through this change and that it's a mindset and not just a skill you apply, you know, randomly. I think change management when done well, no one even knows it's there because it is just, you know, how to contact people, you know, how to just do things and no one knows. Am I following this, you know, methodology of change? Am I doing it right? Because it's just there. It's when things feel very clunky and it's not you put a change and you're like, why isn't anyone doing it? That's when you you are like, okay, I need change management. But when it's it's done well, you don't you just don't even know it's there. So that's my takeaway. Change management is the stealthy ninja of the night. <laughs> said Katura. Love it. Love That's it. Exactly what well, she said. I'm going to be creeping around it. in the dark trying to change things. Who uh, told you to do that? Katura. That's a, yeah. a great visual. Yeah. No one will even know. It just changed. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us today. My it was pleasure. Very exciting to have yeah. you here. 
I really appreciate it. This was a, this was a great conversation and I've, I always appreciate learning new things. So for our listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us. And we were so excited to have Katura here. Please come back for our next episode. Okay. Bye-bye. Don't forget to subscribe.